Thank you, Jimmy. Let's get that song going, can we, guys? Good morning. Great to see you all this morning. Happy holidays. This is Name the Gift, part two. And last week we talked about the Holy Spirit and who he was. Um, and today I want to talk about the next verse in Ephesians 5. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and this week Sally my wife found this song and it's been speaking to me it's been speaking to me and I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come this morning as we've been praying that the truth that we can sing to one another the scripture says, speak to one another. When we're singing, we can speak to each other. So let's just listen to this for a moment. Last week, we left the apostles waiting. Waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And this song says, in the waiting, He's there. in the waiting. words are for you today. Receive them. Speak to yourself with these words. Whatever you're waiting for. something I feel something when that song comes on and we're going to play it again at the end and um, it's an example of what the scripture is saying to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and holy spirit and I've got a new gadget here which is going to do the slides for us when the slides come in are you waiting for something are you believing for something are you hoping for something are you trusting for something? 
God is with you. God is in the waiting. And it's coming. And all this year we've been talking about the promises of God. And how they're fulfilled in Jesus. And the greatest gift that Jesus gave us and left with us, like a father leaving for his family, the legacy that he left was the Holy Spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit. And when we name the gift, we name the gift of the Holy Spirit. And these words and these songs speak to us. Christine DeMarco, that song is, by the way, check it out. Take courage. We'll hear more of it at the end. Receive the gift then. So what happened? What happened when we pick up the story in Acts One, the disciples have been told to wait in Jerusalem and you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'll be filled with power. And so it was, and so it came. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the passage in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came down. We talked about the elemental power of the Holy Spirit and the way it's described, water and fire. And if we read all of Acts 2, they were in prayer together. And suddenly a sound like a rushing, violent wind filled their whole house. And what seemed like tongues of fire settled on all of them. This happened. This is true. This is real. God was seen because this is the moment when all the promises in the Old Testament for the the Jewish nation become fulfilled. The promise of Ezekiel promise of Joel. I will pour out my spirit in all people. I will fill you with my spirit. I will come down. It's like, I don't know, it's like the docking of a space station. You know, when, when, when the two things come together, when the, the coming up from earth and it docks and you see it and these, and you, everything comes together and meets and closes and the air uh, locks and everything like that. Bang! This is the, this is the docking of the old covenant with a new covenant. This is the birth of the church. This is the start of our church. If you want to know about our church, this is where it began. In Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and transformed them completely, filled them with power, took them from people who were confused and excited, but fearful, hiding in rooms, doubting, to people who were bold and full of faith, who transformed the world and gave us the church as we know it today, millions upon millions of people through generation upon generation to here, to right now. We're connected with this absolutely materially. That same outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened then, we're still seeing today. And if you remember the picture of the river getting deeper and deeper and deeper, so it is with us now. It's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So we can believe that the best is yet to come, as Brian Houston of Hillsongs likes to remind us, because the river's getting deeper for you and for me and for us and for the church, and it's coming and because he's coming back. And Peter explains it. If you read Acts 2, he explains it amazingly. Stands up and uh, the, the, what had happened, they, they all looked, they were filled with uh, praise and worship and they spoke in other tongues and then it just overflowed into the streets and everybody around heard. It was noisy. People were coming saying, what's going on? They're all drunk. And Peter stood up. Peter, who had denied Christ three times just a few weeks before, who, 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 who was terrified of his own skin, 
stood up and preached the most amazing sermon, bringing together the old and the new, calling out from Joel. This is not, uh, it's only nine in the morning. They're not drunk. This is the fulfillment of the promise. I will pour out my spirit and all flesh. And he goes on to um, preach the gospel and concludes, as we're seeing there, Acts 2, 38 to 41. And he concludes by saying, repent then and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call, which is you and me. We're, we're far off two millennia down the road. We're still hearing the call. We're still responding to the gospel. We're still repenting and being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Only more so, even more so. And there's how do you receive the Holy Spirit then? What's it like? And Peter gives us an explanation. Repent. If you want the Holy Spirit, repent. If you want the Holy Spirit, be baptized. If you want the Holy Spirit, receive. And the book of Acts is a just full of what happened next. That as the Holy Spirit moved upon the disciples and that group of believers, not many, 120 or so, I think, 3,000 were added to their number that day. When the Holy Spirit comes, growth comes. We want to see growth in this church. We want to see growth in the nations. We want to see growth in the kingdom of God. When the Holy Spirit comes, growth comes. And the disciples were completely transformed. They were, became known as men full of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they performed miracles and signs and wonders. They healed the sick. They raised the dead. People were convicted and died because they grieved the Holy Spirit. It was a dangerous time, but it explains in Acts 2, that they had favor with all the people, and numbers were being added to them every day. So exciting, so incredible, so powerful. The church of God was born. And we read through some of these scriptures. I would just read the whole of Acts. If you want to find out how the Holy Spirit moved and birthed the early church, read, just read all of Acts. But there's some scriptures up I've given you there that they started making wise decisions. The Holy Spirit would guide them where to go. They would be they were transformed completely, inwardly, and as a community. Because God is not just in you individually, but He's in us. As Jimmy was saying a couple of weeks ago, God is building something together. And as we meet together, God is in us in a way that is different from just being in you. We come together and, and, and it overflows. And that's important. That's really important. It's true that we can meet on our own and just enjoy fellowship on our own. But when we come together, something else happens. Something better happens. God moves in us and builds in us and creates that beautiful bride, the rose that is to come. The other thing that happens is trouble. When the Holy Spirit comes, you may well get growth, but you'll get trouble. Persecution across the early church soon arrived. They were locked up, 
imprisoned, scattered, persecuted. And the Holy Spirit will bring your life trouble. So it may not all be just a rose garden. There may be some thorns as well, but God uses all these things. The outworking of how you receive the Holy Spirit. Although Peter was quite precise, he, <laughs> he learns quite quickly in Acts 8, the house of Cornelius, Gentiles. If you don't know the difference or the, the, the story of Jews and Gentiles, they were the unclean. You could not go in if you were a Jew to a Gentile person's house. You could not associate with those who were not Jewish. Can't imagine what it would be like in this day. But there's some examples, unfortunately, still today. But what, what was happening, which seemed impossible to Peter and the other disciples, he had a vision on a roof one day. And he was stirred by the Holy Spirit to go with these people that knocked on his door. And he went to the house of Cornelius, a, a Roman soldier, who had also seen a vision. An angel had spoken to him and saying, get this guy Peter to come. And the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, go to this guy. And this is how the Holy Spirit moves. He starts to speak to us, starts to direct you, starts to move in us, to give us impressions. Go here, go there, do this, say that. The Holy Spirit starts to lead us as a people, lead us as individuals to change our decisions, to move in our minds, to transform our lives, to lead us to where He wants us to be. How exciting, how incredible. And in the house of Cornelius, Peter starts to explain the gospel to these heathen, the Gentiles, and while he's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls upon them, and they start to praise God as they're listening. Everybody who heard the message, just the Holy Spirit just fell, and I'm believing one day that I, 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 that, that might happen. It may even be happening now. It just can't quite see it yet. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, is even now falling in hearts, moving in minds, stirring spirits. Because the gospel doesn't change and the fruit of the Spirit doesn't change and the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't change. And he just poured themselves. They hadn't been baptized. They hadn't even sort of said a prayer. They were just heathen and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How exciting. So although Peter says, yeah, you need to do this, you need to do that. Actually, the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He just comes. He just moves like the wind, like fire. So I, can't, I don't know how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. But what I do know is what Paul explained later. He says, when you believe, when you believe, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot even say Jesus is Lord unless by the Spirit. And people have, throughout the ages, got confused about this, and we've spoken about this. And people believe different things, but I think it's fairly straightforward. When you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has already been moving all over you, convicting you giving you dreams, drawing you to Christ. And when you believe, he settles in your heart and takes residence. So you're plumbed in when you believe. And your space station has been docked. You just need to open the door or open the tap. 
and let the Holy Spirit come in. And we want to somehow respond to that. And um, Simon the Sorcerer, who knows about Simon the Sorcerer? Isn't he great? Do you know Simon the Sorcerer is in the Bible? He's in the New Testament. There's so many interesting characters in the Old Testament. You need to read Acts. If you've not read Acts from beginning to end, you read It's just the most wonderful story. Simon the Sorcerer was a big deal in uh, the town. I can't remember which town. Corinth, was it? Maybe. And he got saved, and uh, he uh, saw the disciples laying hands and people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want to do that. I'm a magician, I'm a sorcerer, or I was, but I tell you what, I'll pay you if you tell me how you can do that, like a trick. It's in the Bible. The Bible's really interesting. So Peter um, slaps him down and says, you can't pay to receive the Holy Spirit. And, of course, we Christians sit here and think, silly man, how on earth could you think? But, you know, I wonder sometimes if we don't try and pay for the Holy Spirit ourselves with our prayer meetings, with our Bible studies, with our fastings, with our going to do better this week's, with our forgiveness is, and our attempts, rightly so, to do all these things. And we say, can I have more of the Holy Spirit now? But Jesus has already told us, if you just ask the Father, it's like, I don't know, maybe a young girl desperate for a horse for a birthday. Daddy, 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 I really want a horse for my birthday. And birthdays come and go, and then one birthday daughter, look outside. I've got your horse. Oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. Thank you so much. You're the most wonderful daddy in the whole world. What can I do to pay you back for your goodness? Let me write a check for you. And how much was it? I've only got like 20p, but can I write a check? For you, I tell you what, I'll, I'll pay you back year on year. I'll just pay you back instead of all my birthday gifts. I'll just lend them to you for the rest of my life, and then will that be okay? And as you can imagine, the dad's going, "No, this is a gift. This is my expression of a love for you." So, so, daddy, 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 what what can I do then? What 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 will I do? He says, "Learn." to write it. Learn to write it. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to pay for it. I want you to use it. I want you to get on the back of it. I want you to care for it. I want you to go out every morning and clean its stable and feed it. I want you to get the gear, get the helmet, get the boots on. Sounds like a scripture coming up. Get ready. Get the saddle on. Brush it down every day. What, every day, Daddy? Yeah, yeah, why not? Every day, it's your horse. You've got to look after it. Every day, I've got to get up early and look. Uh, can I have a car, Dad? <laughs> I can't resist. She turns 18. 
Or maybe it's another guy. Here's a keys to your car. I just bought you a car. My son. It's, my, it's got to be a son this time. And the son is, oh, that's so good. Thanks, Dad. That's amazing. It's a beautiful car. I'm so grateful. Can I take her out for a run just now? Sure, Sam. Go ahead. Jump in. Comes back 50 minutes later. Dad. I got like half a mile up the road and it just pulled up. It just stopped. I, w I couldn't get it going again. Nothing happening. Turning the engine. Nothing. I says, what's going on? This is. Father says, well, listen, did you pass the garage on the way in? Oh, yeah, yeah. He says, well, did you go and get petrol? No, I thought it'd be filled up. You mean I have to go and fill it up? I thought you would do that, Dad. I, not, I don't have any money. Um, how is this going to work, Dad? Um, you mean, so I've got a, you've given me a car, but I can't use it. Dad, I'll tell you what, could you lend me some money? <laughs> and I'll go and get it. Sure, son. I've actually put a tab on the garage for you. It won't run out. Just pop in every so often when you need filled up. But you mean I've not got to pay you back? I've not got to work for this? No, son. Just go get filled up every day. Get filled up, church. Be filled up. Be filled up every day. Learn to ride the horse. Get on. Start with a pony. Start with a rocking horse. And that's how it works. The Holy Spirit is a mystery. And learning to work with him is a never-ending journey, an adventure, an adventure. And um, I mentioned last week that Alana, um, my daughter, is out in Ibiza on 24-7. Well, she's on a holiday, really, but she's with 24-7 prayer. Um, who have been ministering in Ibiza for some time, very similar to street pastors, if you know them here. They go out uh, into the streets uh, all night, I think, just about, and uh, just reach out to the people coming out of discos and uh, worse for wear and minister to them. And um, there she is. Let me pick her out. Alana's uh, second on the left, right, right, blonde hair there. And their T-shirt's on. And uh, she... she she was a bit nervous about going out. She said, I just don't know if I'll have it. <laughs> Dad, I don't know what I'll, you know, I'll go out there and, I don't know, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this. And I, and, and I don't know anybody there, but um, Alana went last, last Sunday, I think, and um, we got report back the first night from her um, saying, oh, it's absolutely great. It's absolutely great, Dad. It's really good. People are absolutely lovely. Um, and they totally know what they're doing. And they, they have such a good reputation. It says, you just stick on the T-shirt and loads of people recognize it. I even prayed for someone on the first night. Said it was hilariously uncomfortable. I wheelchaired a girl home who was completely out of it. Not, not, they, they have chairs, not a disabled person who needed it. She was just completely out of it and couldn't get home. So they wheelchaired her home. And 
And she says, when you put the T-shirt on, I just felt so much more confident. And people, she explained later, I said, send me a photo. And she said, it's like, I'm just going to quote from what she wrote. One of the massive things I've learned here is the power of a symbol, these T-shirts, 12 years of relationships and foundation built, built up so that people love seeing it. They're so responsive because they know and trust the organization. And she says, we're told to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit all the time to reach out. And um, she spent, she says, with two grown women <laughs> last night. I had to help them because they were coming down from their ketamine high. I've <laughs> not seen a lot like it the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians, Ephesians 1.13 says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. God didn't issue a set of T-shirts for his church, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. I've got my T-shirt on. This says Antioch. Anybody want to tell me what's significant about Antioch? Young man? Marco? Christians were first named Christians. <laughs> the believers of the way were first called Christians at Antioch. So I've got my t-shirt. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is what must be our t-shirt. That is the seal of approval. If you want assurance and confidence of your faith, if there's anything that should be identifying us as, oh, they must be a Christian. It should be the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, the gift of the Spirit working through us, the transformation in our lives because of what the Holy Spirit is doing inwardly with us. That's our T-shirt. That's what we should be wearing all the time. That's what the church should be known for. And, and it says that they were found favor with all the people. If you want to be, have favor at work, if you want to have favor in the playground, if you want to favor wherever you go, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're wanting assurance of your faith and confidence, receive the Holy Spirit, and you will have that deposit. And it's just like turning on the tap. It's there already. You just need to open it up. You need to start learning, not just to ride the rocking horse, but to ride the great big black beauty that is there for us. Let's learn, church, to walk with the Holy Spirit. That is my desire. I want to, I've just scratched the surface of what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit, to hear His voice. And um, it's just so exciting. It's a never-ending journey. That was the wrong one. Thank you. So I've got the scripture, and there's so much to say about the fruit of the Spirit, so much to say about the gifts of the Spirit, so much to say about receiving the Spirit, so much to understand of how He moves and works in us. But I want to just focus on this one. Ephesians 3.18, we started with last week, instead be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so we have some awareness of how that might happen. The disciples just laid hands on people, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter just spoke, and 
the Holy Spirit just fell on them. There's no, there's no rules. The Holy Spirit is sovereign. He is God. He chooses. He blows where he will. The fire comes where it comes. But if we ask, if we're open, if we receive, if we start to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking as a whisper like a dove, he comes down upon us. And there's nothing we can do to pay for it, to get more ready for it. We just ask. That's the instruction that we have. Ask, obey, receive, open the gift, fill up every day, constantly, constantly, constantly developing that relationship. And speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Should we be singing songs in church? I rest my case. Psalms, Psalms. I interpret that as Psalms, like Psalms. <laughs> the book of Psalms. The Psalms were written in response to the salvation of God for the Jewish people. A lot of it is history explaining what happened. And of course, we're in the day of most people are literate and we can read stuff and we can see stuff, but songs are a great way when, when, you, when you don't have books, when you don't have things written down to remember the truth of the gospel. So songs are really important. Um, Colossians 3.15 says, admonish and teach one another with Songs from the Spirit with psalms and hymns, the same verse almost. So we, we sing these songs today in our context, and it's okay to speak to one another. Let our praises fill this temple. Isn't us calling out to God, it's us speaking to one another. And we should be encouraged. When we come in here together, we're, we're going to encourage one another and say, come on, believe this. Hymns, of course, mean hymns, the stuff in the hymn book, plus every other single song that's been written and inspired because of somebody's salvation, somebody's understanding of the gospel. So they're very similar to the Psalms in that the hymns are just written by Christians who have been moved by the Holy Spirit in response to what they're experiencing and, and putting it down in song to, to tell the world. And we get hung up on, is it scriptural? Should we just sing psalms? And no, it's a response to what God is doing in people's lives. And it's a wonderful gift to be able to write a song down to say, this is what God has done in my life. Here's a promise of God and a truth of God. And we're going to declare it together. And we speak it out. And it's powerful when we come and declare the word of God together. So there's some hymns and Songs and modern-day choruses even that just speak of God's promises and we declare them together as we come. And they're so powerful. It's spiritual warfare. It encourages our heart. And that's why people come and say, I just can't wait for Sunday to get built up again. Ah, and then I go away. And, but that's how it should be. That When we come together, we get filled up and built up and we speak. But we can sing these songs all day, every day. We can learn from them. They should be telling us the truth of the gospel. So powerful. And songs of the Spirit. 
just the spontaneous response. And we see that in some church circles and ministry when we're just singing out. And we can just sing, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. It becomes a song. And we can respond. And you can respond in, in our car, in our homes, and just uh, cry out to God with thanks. And it's powerful and it's wonderful. And worship is just incredible. It should be an overflow. It should be an overflow. So let, let's... Um, George, I think you've got a song. Is that right? I've got one first, and then, you, then we'll get you on. I've got, I just want to do this. I just want the words of this song. Can we, get, we cue that up, this, the, the song we started with? These words are so powerful, and it's scriptural, and we can take great courage that we don't just do this for fun, but it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's coming together. And when we sing the songs, read the words, what are they saying? Are they speaking to me? Are they speaking just in adoration to God? There's different types, and that's good. And it's good. Is it a promise that I want to take hold? And the Holy Spirit will just quicken something in your spirit sometimes with a phrase, and I'm in the waiting is what God spoke to me today. Let's just start cueing that up. Let's start playing it behind me. Put the lights down, and um, then George, come up. This, this, this is just... Take the opportunity now. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you never feel like you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you need just a sense of being filled with again, one way is to have hands laid on. It may work, it may not. Who knows where the Spirit moves? But if God's speaking to you that, saying, I just need somebody to lay hands on me, we'll do that and we'll pray for you. Come forward. If you just want to come forward and just get on your knees and minister and receive yourself, that's great. Great. Just let this song speak to your heart. Just speak to your heart. It's for you. Come on, let's play it real loud. It's about eight, ten minutes of this, so let's use this time. Use this time. Use this time. Really loud. Real loud. Real loud. Real loud. Come on. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Fill us, O God. Fill us, O Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your fire. Fill us with your truth. Fill us with your promises.
here filling us. If you need healing just now, just, just lay your hand on where you need healing. George, just take it on. And if you want to receive prayer, just, just lift up your hand and we'll pray for you as this song's going on. And um, just continue to, let's stand together. Let's stand together and worship him. Worship him. Worship in response to the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill him, O oh God. Fill us, O oh God. Fill us, O oh God. Touch everyone here with that truth. That he's never failing. He's never failing, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come, O oh God. Come, O oh God. Come, O oh God. Come, oh God. Come, oh God. Come, oh God.